to be a prophet. What an interesting idea, to be a prophet. So this is not uh, going out and telling the future for uh, the people of St. Lawrence, uh, but it is God's calling. And we see this theme of prophecy throughout our readings today. Jesus going to the temple to, um, to be a prophet to his own people, to his native place. And especially we heard in our first reading from Zechariah how God called him to go and um, be a, a witness, to be one to share a relationship with him, with the Israelites, and yet they were not going to hear them. They were not going to listen to him. We hear uh, God say to Ezekiel, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, rebels who have rebelled against me, heart of face and obstinate of heart, are they to whom I am sending you. Doesn't sound like a very good gig. Them uh, being sent to uh, a people that he knows are not going to listen to him. And yet, Ezekiel goes anyway. So what was going on? In this time um, of the ancient Israelite uh, life, about the sixth century before Christ, so the five, late 500s, um, one of the worst idolatries was going on. The Israelite priests were worshiping other gods in the temple. It's, I don't think it could get worse than that. Uh, they were, God was being worshiped and other gods were being worshiped in the same place. And so God said, I have, I'm done with this. I'm going to send a messenger. I'm going to send a prophet, one to preach in my name to try to call them back to an opportunity for conversion, to, for them to turn away from their sin and return to right worship with me. And so God sends Ezekiel, even though he knows his own people, their hardness of heart, and yet he sends him anyway. He says, you need to go. You need to preach to them. And uh, as hopefully that some will turn from their sin, that some will repent and return into this good and right relationship with God. And yet it, the people didn't listen. Jer Jerusalem got destroyed. And yet Ezekiel kept preaching. He kept showing up and he was faithful to God in his calling. And as in our gospel today, we see Jesus making his hometown visit, uh, going back, I think, for the first time since uh, beginning his public ministry. And so in Nazareth, this would have been a very small town, maybe a couple hundred people. And as I've been told, in small towns, everyone knows everything and everyone knows everybody. And so it, the same thing was taking place in Nazareth. They knew Jesus. They knew where he grew up. They knew his family. They knew his friends. Um, it was a very tight-knit group. And they, they saw and they wondered, where did, this, where did he get this wisdom? They knew the people who taught him in the synagogue. And they might have thought, well, they didn't teach me that when I was in the, in, in the learning stages, when I was still in school. Where did he get all this? And so they, they took offense at him. They, they were scandalized by the amount of wisdom and knowledge and, and love that Jesus had as he was preaching to his own people. And if you caught that line in the gospel today, 
Okay, we remember that Jesus is God, right? He is fully God, fully man. And in his own hometown, he was not able, God was not able to do any mighty works there. He was not able to perform really any miracles apart from a couple healings. God wanted to do the best miracles in his own hometown. Uh, he wanted to give them uh, because they were so close to him. He knew them too. And yet he was shocked by their unbelief. As a, uh, something that struck me yesterday um, in, in this understanding of the gospel was that it reminded me of my time of going away to school, uh, being away at seminary for about eight years in Minnesota and then in Maryland, and then finally being able to come home and celebrate my first mass at St. Alphonsus in Zionsville. Let's just say I was received a little better than Jesus was at his own hometown. But the people of Nazareth, uh, when they saw Jesus again, when they um, were able to be with him, um, they were not able to recognize and make that step of faith to recognize he was God. He was not able, uh, they were not able to, to make that jump, that leap of faith, uh, believing this actually could be the Messiah. As Jesus is the prophet of prophets, uh, he, uh, the people of Nazareth were scandalized. They, this, this, the word scandalized means a stumbling block because they were so familiar, maybe dare, we dare say a little too familiar with Jesus and not open to a faith in him. And then Jesus gives us this uh, famous line, a prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. Jesus was not welcomed. He was not received. He, no mighty works were done there. And then he went and continued to preach in um, the rest of Israel. And so Jesus was just in shock that he was not able to do any powerful things, any healings, any major things. So how could he uh, be a prophet if his own people did not receive him? And yet Jesus still went. He didn't care about the results. He went for those couple people that he was actually able to heal and uh, being able to be with them in their time. So it continues uh, this question for us of what does it mean to be a prophet? To be a prophet. St. Thomas Aquinas sums it up well when he says a prophet, to be a prophet means to teach in order to lead others to faith. To teach and to lead others to faith. A couple prerequisites for a prophet. The prophet must know God. He must know him, be able to uh, explain him, talk about him, know him not just in our minds, but in our hearts. To know who he is. Ezekiel knew who God was and he called him and said, stand up, I have a mission for you. And he sent him off. He said, it's going to be hard, but I will be with you. I will give you strength. And then uh, St. Thomas continues, it is a task of every preacher, that's me, and every believer, that's you. All of us are called to be prophets. And the good news is at our baptisms, we became priests, prophets, and kings. Not uh, ordained priests, that's me, 
but um, we understand this to be the common priesthood, an opportunity for your suffering to make sense, at least a little bit, for your suffering to have purpose, to have meaning, because we are made members of the body of Christ. So that when you suffer, it now can be redemptive because it can be united to that of Christ. So it's not meaningless anymore. It can have a point, it can have a purpose because we share in that common priesthood. Next, we have the, the, the gift of being a prophet, of being one who goes and pronounces the faith, our relationship with God to all those that we meet. Uh, being a witness, sharing um, our relationship with God, with how we speak, uh, with how we live, the things we do, and uh, all those things. To be a prophet in our own time, and then lastly, to be kings um, and queens, we are members of God's family. And so we have been made royal. We're part of his royal family. So let us live out of this to be heirs of God's kingdom in heaven. But we'll focus now just briefly on the, the, the call for us to be prophets. Mother Teresa has a very powerful line uh, when she said once that God has not called me to be successful. He has called me to be faithful. God has not called us to be successful, but to be faithful to him. What does this mean? For us, uh, continuing in our time, in our uh, relationship with Christ, especially in prayer being open to those times when God wants to use us to teach the faith. And when we maybe use that phrase, teach the faith, we think, um, you know, coming up to the pulpit and, and giving a sermon or um, coming up and teaching in a classroom or uh, being recorded for a, um, a talk to be put on a CD to be distributed to the world. <laughs> okay, that's a dimension but we, we each have our own ways of teaching the faith. It's the way we live our life. Do we live our relationship with Christ? Do we allow it to impact the things we do, the words we say? And when, we, when I say words we say, it's not just um, giving a talk about Christ, you know, at a retreat or um, at a conference or something, but it's the way and words that we use with our friends. The way, and the way we speak, we don't use curse words. We don't uh, take the Lord's name in vain. We allow the way we speak to witness to our faith. Uh, and it's not always explicitly talking about Christ, but when we look for what is good in the world, when we look and call out and affirm those in our life, we say, I love you. We give of our time. Um, and having all of these opportunities, that is a witness, that is a teaching uh, of our faith as we share that with those in our life. And so again, we remember it is the task of every believer to teach in order to lead others to faith. And so uh, the prophet is to lead others to faith. We can do that. You can do that. Really, you can. God has given you this gift of being a prophet and will help you in this time. St. Paul, as we heard today, power is made perfect in weakness. For me, this has been 
a line to be that I've pondered for a while and just to share one little thing that I've kind of gained from this, from that meditation is we have to be dependent on God. And so in our weakness, it, it has this negative connotation. What I think St. Paul is trying to help us understand is we are to have a total dependence on God. If we depend on him, we will be the most powerful. We'll be the most strong because we are given and filled with the power of God to then go out and share our relationship with him and to lead others to faith. In short, to be a prophet. We have to be prepared for not being successful, but being faithful, especially when um, we are not listened to, when we are not heard. But we don't have to worry about that. We have to depend on God and be ready to share our relationship, to lead others to faith by our life and by being a prophet. And lastly, uh, the Catechism talks about evangelization, this whole theme today in this way. The Christian prophets, that's us, we are strong in faith and in hope and make the most of the present time and with patience await the glory that is to come, that is our time in heaven. Let us not then hide this hope in the depths of our hearts, not put it away, not put it under a bushel basket, but even in our way of life, let them, let us express it by a continual conversion each and every day wrestling against the rulers of this world and against the spiritual forces of wickedness. The announcing of Christ by a living testimony as well as by the spoken word, so we have the way we live and the words we use, takes on a specific quality and special force when it is carried out, key words, ding, 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 carried out in the ordinary cir circumstances of the world. Our ordinary life, to be a prophet in our ordinary life, in our ordinary family. Maybe you think your family's a little unordinary, but that's okay, we all of ours are. For us to be a prophet in our own time, in our own place, and in our own family. God will give us that grace. Let us depend on him totally today. To be a prophet and to know that God will fill us with his power if we say, Jesus, I trust in you. I want to depend on you. And as God said to Ezekiel, may everyone know in our life that there was a prophet in our midst, that there is a prophet here, that there is a prophet at work, at home, um, wherever you find yourself. So that as God said to Ezekiel, whether they heed or resist, they shall know that a prophet has been among them. That is you, a prophet of Jesus Christ.